I am Andrew. Welcome to the Reviewer 2 Does Geoengineering podcast. I'm here today with Yifeng Peng and Ching Yumu, and we're going to be talking about the perturbation of tropical stratospheric ozone through homogeneous and heterogeneous chemistry due to Pinatubo, which is published in GRL. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks to you, Andrew. Yifeng Peng is the first author of this article, and I am just his colleague from lab. Uh, I'm not the second author. You have looked at the ozone of Pinatubo. Can you tell me about how you've worked on this? What? How did you go about running this experiment? Was it so? That's a chemistry climate model. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We, we use the climate model Wokan in CSM one, and this model is coupled with the same mode version of the model aerosol mode. Three, so that we can use use this model to study the stratospheric ozone response to pinatubo eruption. Okay, so, I, so hang on. So you're using uh, CESM one, so Community Earth System model, not GeosCam, right? No, not GeosCam. It's WACAM. CESM one WACAM. I think WACAM X is a particularly high top version of WACAM, but I don't. I, does WACAM also have quite high models? What's the maximum altitude of this model? How far up does it go? Lower can vertical range from surface to about 150 kilometer. Yeah, that's pretty high top. I mean, that's well yeah, outside the top. stratosphere, right? Yeah. So it's, even without using WACAMX, which goes uh, even further. I mean, I was looking at using WACAMX to do some work on uh, satellite drag, and I, I didn't manage to get that started, unfortunately. We talked a bit, but never ran the model. Um, so I know that WACAMX is a good model for doing high time and so um, and this has got a chemistry climate module in it was that native to the model or is that an additional chemistry model that's been put on this version of Wacom to make it possible to do the work that you want to do the chemical package is Mozart M-O-J-A-R-T Mozart okay Mozart right okay yeah, so yeah. you coupled the community earth system model with Mozart to give you the chemistry climate interactions right right okay what was the context of this work who was it funded by what project was it part of or was it just a standalone experiment that you ran this paper is supported by professor tian and professor yu both professor tian and yu is my supervisor okay and is that typical of the work that you're doing in tian's lab or not I'm a doctor student in Professor Tian group. Professor Yu is also my supervisor. Ozone, uh, stratospheric ozone response to volcanic uh, volcanic aerosol is uh, the major direction of, of Professor Yu, not Professor Tian. But Professor Tian is also an expert in volcanic aerosol. The first professor is mainly focused on looking at the effect of volcanic aerosols and how how they affect climate, right? If the stratospheric ozone response is included in the climate effects, this can be thought to be one paper about climate effects. Okay, but you're just looking at Pinatubo on its own, is that correct? In 1991, Pinatubo eruption injects uh, substantial materials into stratosphere, including a large amount of sulfur dioxide and HCl, HF, and H. But we have a uh, previous study, HCl 
and HF uh, and water vapor are not are not much. So, in my opinion, uh, these chemical spaces may not impact ozone. So let, let me just recap there. What you're saying is that you've got hydrogen fluoride, you've got water, you've got sulfur dioxide, and you've got hydrogen chloride, right? So all of those chemical species are being released in the eruption. But your focus is on sulfur dioxide, is that correct? Previous study also reveals the HCl and such as HCl, HF will also impact the ozone. But in this study, we do not consider this. Okay, so you're just looking at sulfur dioxide at the moment, is that correct? Only sulfur okay. dioxide. Okay, so you've got a theoretical Pinatubo eruption, which you're considering in a Wacom model with a Mojab chemistry model, right? So help me understand why you picked Pinatubo, because obviously you could have modeled a number of different volcanoes. Is it because Pinatubo was better instrumented than other volcanic eruptions? Or was there something about Pinatubo that made it of more interest to you than say, Tambora, which happened before the modern scientific era. We, we select Pinatubo as the case to study, since uh, in Pinatubo is the largest volcanic eruption in last decades. Additionally, Pinatubo, in 1991, many satellites can capture Pinatubo eruption. Institute Balloon observation can also, data can also be get. Okay, so the reason that you're using Pinatubo is because the modeling that you're doing can be backed up with other research that has found quantitative evidence for different effects of Pinatubo. So we can better reconcile the output of your model with what actually happened. Is that correct? Mm, yeah, right. Okay. So uh, you're, can you explain to me then, you've got this ejection of material from the vol volcano and then it's injected from the plume of the volcano so the plume rises partly explosively and partly convectively into the stratosphere it breaks through the tropopause and then it all it, it enters the stratosphere okay so can you explain to me uh, how this is affecting ozone the material that's gone in just the sulfur that you're thinking about here how does it go about affecting ozone the volcanic aerosol impacting the left stratospheric ozone is complex it includes dynamical and chemical effects. Let me just break this down because in that short sentence, you said an awful lot there, right? So I just want to explain this. So you're, first, you're concentrating on aerosols. So you're, you're, the effects that you're discussing are not primarily about the gas itself. They're about the aerosol effects. So once the gas forms an aerosol, once it condenses and forms stratospheric sulfur aerosols, that's when you're noticing the effect. Is that correct? No, 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 no. We only focus the surface, the surface aerosol impact stratospheric ozone, not the oxidation processes. Okay, so you're saying that consideration of this set of processes starts when the aerosols are formed. You're not looking at what happens with the gas itself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and then you're saying that there are chemical effects and dynamic effects, okay? It means the heterogeneous chemistry, right? The ozone not uptake by the, by the aerosol, but the horizons can be uptake by the aerosol and will and release some release more active 
halogens such as clocks and uh, BLX. So, uh, so active halogen will then deplete the ozone. Okay, so let me explain back to you what I think you've just explained to me. So you're saying that it's not primarily an effect which is driven by the direct interaction between ozone molecules and the aerosol. What you're saying is it's intermediated by halogens which form the radicals which degrade ozone. So you're saying that the uh, the CFCs in the stratosphere and other sources of chlorine and other radicals would be affected by their interaction with the aerosols and then they would that would cause a process by which the extinction occurs is that correct yeah right okay and could you explain a little bit more about that how does how does the radical chemistry work there that's something that's will be new to many people who are not uh, climate chemists when a volcanic eruption erupted a large volcanic aerosol will in, will be injected into stratosphere and then the halogen, the halogens will uh, uptake it in on the surface of the aerosol, and the clocks will be more clo- more clocks will be released. Uh, so and so when you're so when you're talk- when you're saying clocks, you're talking CLOX, right? So chlorine. Yeah, yeah. So it's a part. It's a it's a partially oxidated chlorine. Uh, ra- so it's a radical. So it's not a molecule because it's not electrically. Oh, it's, it's electrically balanced, it's electrically neutral, but it's not got complete electron shells, right? So you've got unpaired electrons, which are uh, make the they're available to react, and it makes the substance very reactive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and how does that process happen? Why why does that process of creating additional radicals happen preferentially on the surface of the aerosol? Actually, I can I can. I do not. I don't know about these microphysical processes. Okay, no worries. You're not going to know everything. So your dynamical effects, the next factor. So the stratospheric aerosols absorb some sunlight and they become warmer, right? As a result of that, um, and that has, amongst other things, an effect on the way that the atmosphere circulates and moves around right that's the mechanism that you're talking about is it not yeah the the stratospheric aerosol surface aerosol can reflect solar radiation but it also can absorb the uh, long wave outgoing long wave radiation and heating the lower stratosphere and then the warming okay. stratosphere okay. Can then... sorry let me just let me just pause you there so you said that it absorbs the outgoing long wave radiation. My understanding is that the, the stratospheric aerosol was absorbing also infrared and being heated by the near infrared from the sun. Are you saying that it's actually the far infrared from the earth that produces more of the heating effect? Because that's new to me. I thought the heating was due to near infrared, not far infrared. It should be absorb the outgoing long wave radiation, not so not not so radiation. Okay. Well, you certainly learned something new every day on this podcast because I thought that the infrared heating was predominantly near infrared from the sun, but apparently it's not. I just misunderstood that. So, thanks for clarifying that. That's great. So your uh, your particles are getting heated, and that makes the stratosphere warmer. 
and that affects the dynamics of the stratosphere. So could you please um, uh, explain a bit more about that? So what is it about the dynamics of the stratosphere that are changing as a result of the processes that you're describing? Because you're, you mentioned dynamic changes are a part of how Pinatubo has this effect on ozone. So what is it about the dynamics that causes this issue? The stratospheric warming will result would result in broad Dobson secretion accelerated. So it will transport more uh, more tropical ozone, reach uh, more tropical ozone into uh, polar and high latitude. Let's let's just break this down because you've again covered a number of concepts quite quickly there. So the broad Dobson circulation. It's a single cell circulation system that acts in each hemisphere. So you've got a rising leg in the equatorial regions and then the descending leg in the Arctic regions, right? It's up in the equator, down in the Arctic. And that is being driven by, is that a thermal? That's thermally driven, isn't it? So it's heating effects in the stratosphere that's causing the warming. So some of that is by ultraviolet light striking ozone uh, or being attenuated by oxygen and forming ozone, right? And then some of it might be aerosol heating that you're describing. So you've got this this thermal effect that's causing the atmosphere to turn over in this single cell in each hemisphere. And you're saying that because the stratosphere gets hotter as a result of the shine, basically, hitting these aerosols, then that gives more warming and then moves the Brewer-Robson circulation around more quickly. So how does that affect the ozone depletion or otherwise why does having a stratosphere that's relatively warmer cause ozone depletion the accelerated brewer dobson circulation would transport more ozone to the high latitude so it will in the tropics the ozone response will uh, the ozone anomaly will show a dipole in about 30 millibar a negative ozone anomaly and uh, positive anomaly in uh, in about 10 millibar. Okay, so you're 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 descending into quite a lot of technical language there, which isn't necessarily going to aid people's understanding. So firstly, if you could explain what you mean by a dipole, are you talking about the background level of ozone is is non-homogeneous, so you've got more ozone in the tropics and less in the poles, or are you talking about the when you perturb the system with the Pinatubo eruption? that there's a change to, to the distribution of ozone, which are those two effects you refer to. Yeah, right. The dipole means one distribution shows a negative center and positive center. And the, transport, the transportation only transport uh, only can deliver ozone one from one space to another place. Okay, so where so, where is, you're saying that the the ozone is not evenly distributed in the atmosphere. Where is it more concentrated, and where is it less concentrated? In the tropics, about in about thirty millibar. When you say thirty millibar, can you give me that as an altitude? Because people don't have generally an intuitive sense of where the thirty millibar pressure surface is in the atmosphere. Okay, thirty millibar is about about twenty-five kilometers, I think. Okay, so you're you're talking about an area of the atmosphere that's got an average pressure of 30 millibar, and you're saying that if you follow that pressure surface, then you have, is it more ozone in the equator or more ozone at the poles? About 
25 kilometer uh, ozone is is anomaly. It means less ozone here. What I'm trying to understand is the background variation of ozone. Is there more ozone at the poles and then less ozone at the equator? Or is that we're talking about environment where let's imagine the world was pristine, so there's no CFCs or anything to worry about. Is the natural distribution of ozone concentrated in around the equator or is it concentrated more in the polar regions? Where does ozone where is ozone commonly found in the atmosphere? Is generated in the tropics and then transported by the broad up sensor region to the polar world. So, if we draw the climatology of the ozone, we can see the ozone, the ozone, stratospheric ozone is mainly centered on tropics, not right. polar world. Right. So, you've got tropospheric um, ozone, which is a pollutant, you've got stratospheric air ozone, which is basically a good thing the ozone air shields us from ultraviolet rays and what you're saying is that it's formed predominantly in the lower latitudes the tropical regions where the sunlight is more intense per square meter of ground area right and then it's transported via the Bird-Dobson circulation and you're saying that the uh, the presence of these stratospheric aerosols make that transport process more rapid because you're moving the air in the Brodobson circulation quicker because you've got more heating that comes from these aerosols catching, sorry, the earth shine, the earth radiation, uh, when the earth has outgoing long wave infrared, because the earth is quite cool relative to the sun, right? And you're saying that that effect is driving the, um, the Brodobson circulation as a result of thermal effects, right? So you, you've got convective effects. The aerosols are heating up and they're rising. They're causing the transfer of heat to the air around them. And then that, that air parcel is then rising in the Brodobson circulation. And that effect as a whole is what's causing this transport effect. Is that right? Right. Okay. And so what effect does that have on, on ozone depletion? Are you saying that the uh, that it reduces ozone because you have the extinction of ozone happens mainly in the polar regions that you're therefore moving the air around so that it's more likely for those ozone molecules will be removed from the system because um, you are taken into areas where ozone is naturally destroyed right the kind of ozone slaughterhouse of the sky is that right the broad operation only redistribute the ozone. It can it cannot deplete the ozone. No, so, it doesn't deplete the ozone directly. But what I'm saying is that the broad Dobson circulation can take ozone molecules to a part of the sky where they are going to be destroyed or can be destroyed by the uh, effect of polar stratospheric clouds and by the effect of ozone layer depletion. Is that correct, or do I misunderstand the process? Uh, the, the tropical ozone transported, uh, it's uh, transported to the polar regions. In the land, the, the, the ozone may be de destruction by uh, on the PSD surface. PSD is polar stratospheric clouds. Okay. So what you're saying is the, tran the, the transport process is convective. It's initiated by earth shine, the kind of 
outgoing long wave radiation from the earth right and then that is responsible for moving the aerosol particles and their uh, surrounding air mass towards the poles where they become extinct so if you imagine like farm animals so you'd have farm animals born in one place and then they move house um and you've got a similar process happening with ozone right i think it should be po- it should be possible but it, it, in this paper we don't focus on the extratropical ozone okay so where ozone are you focusing on we only focus the, the tropical ozone response to the volcanic eruption okay so the tropical ozone response if 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 the effect that you're describing is that ozone is moved more quickly out of the tropics is there another effect that means that it forms less quickly in the tropics or is it just a transport effect that's driving what you're describing in this paper in my opinion it, it only affected the transport transportation processes okay so you're you're not focusing on the extinction of ozone in the polar latitudes what you're saying is that the ozone is simply moved away from its source more quickly and that's the effect that you've described in this paper we we also studied the ozone uh, the ozone production and depression uh, through the homogeneous and heterogeneous chemistry Okay, so how does the ozone production change um, as a result of the uh, volcanic eruption? What it, what is it about volcanic eruption that changes the um, ozone production? On the, one, on the one hand, the stratospheric ozone, the stratospheric aerosol will um, uh, provide additional surface for the heterogeneous chemistry, such as N2O5, uh, such as the hydrolysis of N2O5. When, when the, and does that when hold, hold on the, the hydrolysis of N two O five? Does that mean that you're producing more or less ozone? The hydrolysis N two O five will result in uh, accumulation of ozone. Mean, okay, uh, so so what you say? This is interesting. So what you're saying is that the provision of because um, most people think about the heterogeneous chemistry. The surface chemistry of the aerosols is being responsible for the destruction of ozone, right? So more more ozone surface, more aerosol surface area means more ozone destruction. But what you're saying is that it's actually a lot more complicated than that. You've got two reactions or two sets of reactions, one that directly produces <coughs> ozone or, or its precursors, and then you've got another set of reactions which result in radicals that destroy ozone and they're happening both at the same time. So there's not a simple mechanism by which the ozone density is changed by the presence of these aerosols. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hydrolysis of N2O5, uh, on the one hand, will cause the accumulation of ozone, but it also will uh, accelerate, uh, will, will also release the the clocks and the BRX, so the ozone then okay. will be also depleted. So what is the net effect? Is is there a, a net increase in the production of ozone or a net re- reduction in production of ozone in the tropics? In the tropics, the, the heterogeneous chemistry 
net effect is is cause the will cause the ozone accumulation in okay, cool. about in about twenty five kilometer. But yeah, I understand. The, I, hold on, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that when you've got the Pinatubo case, I understand that in in general you're going to get more production of ozone in the tropics. But what I'm saying is when you're subject to the Pinatubo eruption, do you get um, a change that's positive, as in the aerosols produce more ozone overall in the tropics, or are you saying that there is a, overall a net reduction as a result of the volcanic effect? You mean the total effect, all the chemical effect? So the total effect and of Pinatubo. includes the dynamical and the chemical effect. Well, no, yeah, I understand that, but I'm just talking about the chemistry at the moment, right? So if you're looking at the, the Pinatubo case, so you're looking at the situation where the chemistry is altered by the presence of more sulfur aerosols as a result of the Pinatubo eruption, are you saying that there's more ozone produced after Pinatubo, or are you saying that there's a reduction in the net production of ozone after Pinatubo compared to before the eruption occurred? In the tropics, there will be less ozone. So there's less ozone. So having additional aerosols means that your radical chemistry dominates the effect on the production of ozone that happens heterogeneously, right? So the chlorine radicals make more difference because they're, they're formed on the surface of these aerosols and then they destroy the ozone and that's a dominant effect. Is that correct? In the tropics, the, 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 uh, in the, tropics, the stratospheric aerosol warm, will warm the lower stratosphere so more ozone will transport it forward. So the, in the tropics, the ozone will be lost. And yeah, the so that, that's it. Okay, so that, that's, a, that's a dynamic effect, right? And But you've also yeah, got a chemical dominant. effect. The, the dynamical effect, so what you're basically saying is that you will have a reduction in ozone production in net as a result of the radical chemistry on the surface of these aerosols. So you're going to have, a, in, the, in the tropics, you're going to have a reduction in ozone concentration due to heterogeneous chemistry. And then secondly, separately, because the aerosols get heated by the Earth's outgoing long wave radiation, they will then heat up and move the ozone dynamically along with this, the aerosols that are catching the uh, sun, the air, air parcel will move with them in train in it, and that will go polewards and that will result in more export. So you've got two effects that are both working the same way. Firstly, to produce less ozone, and secondly, to move that ozone out of the what happens in the poles with the ozone. So does it does it affect you have more ozone coming into the polar regions as a result of this this transport? So you'd expect the poles to have more ozone overall, but then there there is there also an effect on the destruction of these ozone molecules as a result of the sulfur dioxide, what's happening in the polar regions? It, it means the more ozone in the polar region, what will what will happen for a climate for a surface climate? Well, or, what I'm saying is that ozone, what happens to the ozone overall in the polar regions? Because you've got more transport of ozone, but you've also got this heterogeneous chemistry that happens on the surface that has a net effect in the tropics of reducing the amount of um, 
ozone in the atmosphere. But in the polar regions, it may be that that happens, that that works differently. So if you can clarify for me how things work in, in the polar regions, that'd be great. In the polar region, since the temperature is more is, is lower, so on the PSD surface, more clocks will are uh, more halogens will be active, 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 so release more active, more clocks and deplete more ozone. But okay, um, uh, so what you're saying is that in the polar regions, the effects that you're describing serve to promote the extinction of ozone because the heterogeneous chemistry favors ozone destruction. It's not a big ozone producing region. And the presence of these additional aerosol surfaces means that you've got more space on which these destructive reactions can occur, right? Because because the polar region, the temperature in the temperature in the polar region is lower uh, and the heterogeneous chemistry will be prompt. You mean in the polar region, more ozone will be depleted? There'll be, there'll be more dis destruction of ozone because you've got more surfaces on which that can occur. And the, the net effect in the polar regions is that because of the lower temperatures, or is it the lower temperatures or the lower insulation? But for, for, for whatever reason, the, there's less production of ozone in the polar regions anyway. And so you have a reduced production of of ozone in there and therefore any changes to the extinction of ozone would change something that's already dominant to being an even more dominant part of the system right so your your net reaction is ozone extinction and that ozone extinction gets worse in the poles because of the additional aerosols is that correct in the view of global mean the ozone is destruction Okay, in the polar regions, but that, but that's specifically because you've got an already negative balance of ozone production and destruction. So in the polar regions, the ozone is preferentially destroyed, right? And that that effect is increased because you've got more surface area for the heterogeneous chemistry. So because you've already got a negative reaction balance, you're you're you're, you're on net, you're destroying more ozone than you're producing in the polar regions then any additional heterogeneous surface that you can provide will tend to just accelerate that net destruction of ozone. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, can, it can deplete ozone. Okay, right. So let me just summarise what I think you found from this paper, and you can tell me whether or not that was correct. So you're saying that the dynamical effect is the most important, and that's caused by a heating of the aerosols because they're illuminated by radiation from the surface of the Earth. And then you've got a chemistry effect where the additional provision of surfaces, although it produces ozone and destroys it at the same time, you're saying that in total, the effect is one of net destruction in both the tropics and the poles as a result of having more aerosol surface area to work on. Is that correct? Yeah, right. Okay. So are there any other key findings that you had from that from this paper or have you covered the most important aspects of it? In this study, the key point is about is um, the ozone tendency due to the chemistry is of the same order. Or it is is 
is of the same order of magnitude but of the opposite sign than the ozone tendency caused by dynamics. And it's showing, so it's showing the ozone depression in the tropics. Okay. Well, help me understand this because that's the opposite of what I understood to be the case. Okay. So you're saying that the, dy the dynamics makes ozone, there's less ozone overall because it moves ozone away from areas which are producing areas into areas where destruction is dominant. So you're sort of sweeping the uh, newborn ozone molecules away and then sending them off to the slaughterhouse, right? So that's the dynamical effect, and the dynamical effect is resulting in less ozone. Do I understand you correctly? It should be right if we consider, if we also consider the chemical effect in the polar region. Well, what, what I'm talking about is the dynamics alone. So you said that the dynamics were reducing ozone, and it's because you're taking the ozone molecules away from where they're produced more quickly and taking them to where they're destroyed more quickly. And therefore, the net effect is that the ozone is destroyed more quickly. So the dynamics have a negative effect on ozone. Is that correct? Uh, the dynamical processes cannot deplete the ozone. So the net, the net ozone production is zero. Uh, so the dynamical process only redistributes the global ozone distribution. Yeah, I understand that. So what you're saying is that the dynamics don't directly affect the production or extinction of ozone. But what the dynamics do do is that they remove the ozone that is. So the dynamical effect is serving to move the ozone out of an area in which it's produced into an area in which it's destroyed. Okay. So although it doesn't affect either the production or the destruction of ozone, because it sweeps the ozone away and results in its destruction, you, the, if the net effect of the dynamic changes is that it tends to reduce the amount of ozone in the system. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, it's right. The more ozone transported, is transported to the polar region, and then, in, and then will uh, destruction more quickly in the polar region. So the net... Yeah, okay. The so net, the net effect of the dynamics is negative, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I also understood from what you were saying earlier that the production of aerosols causes a net chemical effect, which is negative. So there is more destruction than production triggered by the heterogeneous chemistry. But when you summarize this, I suspected that I might have misunderstood what you said. So could you clarify whether the heterogeneous chemistry effect results in more ozone or less ozone overall? Mm. The net chemical processes uh, result in uh, net ozone loss. Okay, so you're saying that both you're saying that both the dynamical and chemical effects both result in net loss of ozone. Is that right? Yeah, right, right. Okay, so basically there are two ways in which Pinatubo made ozone less prevalent in the stratosphere. Firstly, by moving it away from the tropics where it was produced and towards the poles where it was destroyed. And secondly, because the addition of these surfaces has the same effect in that they um, th there's a balance between the chemistry that produces, depletes ozone on the surfaces, but the net effect is a destructive effect from surface chemistry effects. And so providing more surfaces, 
specifically the aerosol surfaces of the sulfur aerosols, results in a reduction in the total amount of ozone. Is that correct? Yeah, the in in the view of the global mean, the chemical and the dynamical effects, both chemical and dynamical effects deplete the ozone. But when we focus the tropics, the chemical effect will result more ozone accumulation. So how is it that you're producing more ozone in net as a result of having more sun? When more stratospheric aerosol in in the tropics, the heterogeneous chemistry is accelerated, including NOx hydrolysis of N2O5. So uh, the NOx will be depleted. And the NOx, and the NOx is uh, ozone, uh, and the NOx is chemical species to deplete, de- destruct, uh, de- to deplete ozone. When the NOx is lost, it's, de- it's destruction. Uh, more ozone will be accumulated in a tropic. Okay, so what you're saying and is that the, the surface, I mean, what you're saying is that NOx reacts with ozone, okay? And so when you've got, um, when you're in a situation where you've got more aerosols and therefore more chemistry can happen on the surface of these aerosols, it's allowing the extinction of NOx. So it's not that the um, the NOx is implicated in the production of ozone is all you're all you're doing is you're using these aerosols to promote the destruction of a chemical which is competitive with ozone so it acts as the the NOx sit is is acting as a sink for the ozone in the air in the in the uh, stratosphere and by removing that NOx the aerosols are, are acting to remove that NOx. You're then removing something from the stratosphere that can react with the ozone. Is that correct? The broad ozone circulation cannot uh, transport the NOx since the no- the lifetime of the NOx is to is shorter than the broad ozone circulation. But the pre precursor of uh, NOx can be transported by the broad ozone circulation. Okay, so NOx is it? removed quickly from the atmosphere, but its precursors can be circulated. So help me understand what the effect of the surface chemistry is on this. Why does providing more surface area result in more ozone from the heterogeneous chemistry point of view? Because I've always understood it to be the opposite, and I'm sure many other people might have misunderstood that as well. So what is it about the increased provision of chemically active surfaces on these aerosols that causes additional production of ozone or or an additional balance of ozone because it's not necessarily a production effect you're saying it's a extinction effect right so help me understand exactly how that's happening mm, when we in in uh, when we talk to chemical processes on the one hand the the hydrolysis of n2o5 will deplete the nox and on the other hand the aerosol, the surface aerosol, can warm the lower stratosphere and uh, did accelerate the production of NOx. So when the NOx, so so hang on, so the, the lower stratosphere becoming warmer is causing increased production of NOx. Is that right? Because the the aerosols uh, well, are well, absorbing this infrared and there's warming the stratosphere so are you saying that there's more NOx produced in the lower stratosphere 
as a result of this warming effect? Is that is that what is that what's driving the effect here or not? No, 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 no. The warm strat the warm stratosphere will result less NOx. So okay, the ozone and why is that? What why is that happening? Uh, since the NOx production is temp depend is a temperature dependent kinetic rate constant. So if it's temperature dependent, then why are you saying that normally temperature dependent chemistry goes faster when it's hotter, but you're saying it goes slower when it's hotter? There's more, there's more. Oh, I see. So, right. So what you're saying is more, more NOx is produced when it's hotter and therefore it causes extinction of more ozone. Is that right? Or do I misunderstand that? Is there less NOx produced when it's hotter? The kinetic red constant, the, the men's in the stratosphere, the main source of the NOx is the N2O, and the kinetic red constant of the reaction between N2O and O1D will be small in a warmer condition. So it will decrease NOI due to the uh, due to the heating a uh, surface heating effect. So there's less NOx produced overall when the temperatures are warmer. Is that right? Right. Yes. Okay, so the, the chemistry effect is an indirect effect. It's caused by the heating effect of the aerosols, not by the chemistry effect of the aerosols. So what's happening is that the oh, the aerosols are heating the atmosphere, and then the overall effect is that less NOx is produced, and so there is less that destroys less ozone. Okay, so you're you're producing more ozone in net as a result of the temperature effect on chemistry and then these these aerosols are being transported um poleward as a result of the Robson circulation which is enhanced and so the net effect is that you get more production but more transport and then that transport results in extinction at the poles and the dynamic effects dominate so what you're getting a bit more ozone produced in net in the in the tropical regions but overall the dominant effect is that this ozone production is resulting in the movement of ozone out of those regions uh, into the polar regions. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's right. Okay, great. Well, I think we finally got to the bottom of your paper. Uh, so is there anything else you'd like to say about it or not? Nothing. What, what else are you working on at the moment that is of interest to our listeners? What else would they like to know about? I'm interested. In, I'm interested in in the stratospheric errors, including the volcanic eruption and wildfire events, and 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 other and other super events. And I really interested in the uh, climate effect of the climate effect of these stratospheric aerosols. Okay. Well, and, um, we have. Another for a study about the the to compare to compare tropical and extratropical eruption uh, ozone response. Okay, so you're looking at northern latitudes or equatorial eruptions and trying to see how they differ in terms of their climatic effect, right? Yeah, right. Right. Well, let me just summarise what we've learned. Then um, I'm just going to have a quick glance at your paper as we do. Make sure we've covered the key points. Just give me a second. So in your paper, you're talking about the um, the chemistry-driven train tendency being gas phase rather than 
heterogeneous chemistry. So I didn't understand that aspect of what you were saying. So are you saying that the nitrogen reactions are on the surface of the aerosols or are they in free gas? Uh, it, it reacts on the gas phase. In the, okay, so the nitrogen reactions, which are causing the dominant effect on chemistry, gas phase reactions. Okay. Now, the other key point that you had in your paper is that this effect tops out when you in, introduce two kilograms of sulfur. So that's two megatons of sulfur per annum. What, why, why does that effect happen? Why does that topping out process happen where you don't get any further effect after a certain amount of injection? The one or one to two telegram sulfur dioxide is three thirds. When the sulfur dioxide injection mass over over this three thirds, the heterogeneous chemistry will be saturated. It because the balance between the production and the depression of the NOx. Okay, so what you're saying is that the heating effect of the aerosols is what drives the NOx chemistry. And after a certain amount of stratospheric heating, that will no longer affect any change because the temperature effect is then saturated. So you 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 no, you no longer have any further NOx changes. Is that right? The, no, the NOx is mainly impacted by temperature. And when the sulfur dioxide injection uh, over two telegrams sulfur dioxide. So that's a thermal effect, yeah? Your 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 thermal effect on NOx stops yeah, after yeah, a certain. Yeah, it's a thermal injection. effect. Okay, <clears throat> fine. All right. Well, let me just summarize uh, where we're at. So, your the dynamical effects are pushing ozone out to the poles, but there, but the thermal effect on chemistry means that you are producing more ozone because you're destroying NOx in the tropics, and then you've also got an effect on the heterogeneous chemistry, the surface chemistry um, of the um, of the aerosols. And pro producing more aerosols uh, slightly favours the production of ozone by sweeping up these chlorine radicals that would otherwise destroy them. But that effect is dominated by the um, uh, by the NOx effect. The NOx effect is the biggest, and the dynamic effect is the biggest of them all. Is that right? Have I got the order right? Yeah, it is right. Okay, so the smallest effect is the effect on the chlorine radicals, where they're becoming extinct on the uh, uh, on the aerosol and then you've got a bigger effect which is the heating of the stratosphere that promotes the nitrogen so atmospheric nitrogen cycle chemistry and that um the heating effect will um favor the production of ozone because nitrogen oxides competitive with ozone they react with it and then um you've got a dynamic effect that moves more and that's an ascending order of importance okay so i think i understand all that now so Right, it's uh, just incumbent upon me now to formally reject your paper, not because there was anything wrong with it. It seems fine to me. I'm going to use my reviewer two's spiteful veto for giving me an editing job from hell to put this review together. So purely on the grounds of uh, being awkward to edit, I'm going to cast you and your colleagues out of the studio and um, damn you as a result of uh, the long pauses and late arrival and generally making it hard work for me to edit your work. So thanks for coming on. We hope to hear more from you and your lab in future and better understand what's going on with this pesky and also very complicated stratospheric chemistry and dynamics that everyone thinks they understand, but it turns out they don't. So once again, just thanks for coming on the show and uh, putting up with the review to scrutiny. Uh,